MDN-TV, the podcast. Be abreast with now. Never miss a thing with MDN-TV, the podcast. We love to keep you in the present with diverse goodies from secular and non-secular subjects of global interest. Join us. Grab more from these series. Listen to our podcasts. The undeniable choice. It's sundown. The day has just begun. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Yes. <laughs> this is MDN Show. We are running with the times only on MDN TV, the podcast. And I am Major Daughter. Welcome, 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 welcome around the world. Look, MDN Show. Shows has pitched his tent away from traditional grounds just to reach you. But today we are reaching all the employees. Are you a business owner? Are you an employer? Wherever you are, it's time to jump in because this episode, this moment, this broadcast, this program is specially designed with you and for you. Joining me will be my most favorite guest to talk about this, Terry Short. I mean, she's... She, she's something else when it comes to words and I don't even want to spoil the show by trying to introduce her to you. She will do that very, very well. As you know, that is our culture here, but Terry excels in, in leadership skills. And you know, this, this, this is something she does so well. And she also uh, teaches and educates on how we can choose the right words or how you can choose the right words to influence and inspire your employees, those who work with you, those who are in your organization. She excels in this. And she's joining me momentarily. She coaches leaders, business leaders, business owners. So if you are there or you know anybody who can benefit from this, what are you waiting for? Come on, share this broadcast, share this podcast, share this program right now. And momentarily, Terry will be joining me right after this. MDN TV, the podcast. Be abreast with now. Never miss a thing with MDN TV, the podcast. We love to keep you in the present with diverse goodies from secular and non secular subjects of global interest. Join us. Grab more from these series. Listen to our podcasts. The undeniable choice. The undeniable choice, indeed. And today, the undeniable choice is none other than Terry Short, who will help us how to use our words. I'm big on words. She's even more bigger on words. Terry Short, thanks a gazillion times for your time. The world waits for your wisdom. Terry? Oh, I'm so excited to be here. You have me all fired up. I hope all the listeners are. <laughs> so I, I am thrilled to be a part of this podcast. And a little bit about me. I had a career in hospitality and a career in healthcare. And I bridged the two having my own business twice. And I'm back at my own business. And I am passionate about igniting the joy of leadership with uh, anyone who will listen, basically. And so how do you do that? I believe so much that from my experience, I've found communication 
is the foundation for leaders to do all that they do well. And one of the most important things is engaging their team. So I'm so pleased to talk about that today with you. Wow, thanks a gazillion times. Look, communication, should I say, is the master key, even in relationships. Now, here we'll be looking at the relationship between the employee and the employer and also look at retainership how to use words as employers and employees. But before we even go there, my first question to you will be, how did you get started in all this? Why did you choose to really help business owners on um, employee engagement and uh, retainership? Terry? That's an excellent question. You know Over the course of decades of my experience, I paid a lot of attention to the words that employees were using in in very, very high-end hotels and resorts when I was in hospitality. And then again, when I was in healthcare, the words that the physicians and the nurses were using with patients. And, And then also all along the way, the words that leaders were choosing that were either uplifting and inspiring their teams or minimizing and limiting them. Mm. And so in the end, I'll pull this all together, and I wrote a book about it, and now I coach it very, very actively. Wow. Wow. So this, um, from all of this, you know, even went on to write a book. My next question is, what inspired you? Because there must be an inspiration behind this. What inspired you? Because, you know, you hardly ever hear of anyone who's interested on words, especially in the workplace. Because sometimes that, that's where we see abuse of words, verbal abuse between boss and, you know, the, that boss and employee relationship. Terry? That's right. That's right. And it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, what inspired me was that, you know, after decades of being in leadership and seeing that some people found it so difficult to lead others and to be their authentic selves in leading others and, and feeling as though they had to have all the answers or put on a persona or what have you. And I thought, no, 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 no. No, it boils down to being your authentic self and yes. using words that come from your heart, no different than if you're speaking to someone at home or one of your friends. But what is the significance of the words we choose? Because I don't think most of the time people don't think before they speak. I mean, they think afterwards because that's where the regret comes in. Like, I shouldn't have said that, but I've already said it. Especially when you are wrapped off the wrong way or someone is just st- has just stepped on your toes the wrong way and you feel like, let me just give it to them, Terry. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, here's what happens. So you can already tell I'm a fast talker. So are you. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. The trick is, is connecting what's in your head with what's in your heart so that what comes out of your mouth is aligned with your intentions. And so often, so that, you you know, for somebody like me or or you, that has to happen in a nanosecond. But some people, they speak just from their head, 
And so they're not tied to what they truly intend. And others speak just from their heart and don't have the right consideration for the impact from that sense. And so the bottom line is that humanity is better served. We're all better served when we make that connection. So that requires stepping back and realizing the impact of our words in the workplace, but also think of the impact to a child and the things that they hold on to that are said to them. And that actually might be what makes a certain leader the way they are because of words that were chosen when they were a child. And so my goal is to level set and help people understand that they're in control of that. And it starts with your personal podcast. It starts with that internal narrative, right? That you're in control. You're the narrator, the host, you're the producer, right? Yes. Now, someone may be thinking, how or how long did it get you to the level where you can comfortably say, I'm in control of my words. I'm in control of the narrative. I'm in control of this agenda. Do you feel it took you long or it took you a short road, Terry? Oh, my gosh. It's taken my lifetime. <laughs> it's an evolutionary process. <laughs> no, it has, not, it has not ended. I'm still on this journey, and I catch myself every day saying something or being about to say something that I say, whoa, 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 that's not what I intend, or the impact is not what I, what I intend. And I take a few steps back, and then I reword what I'm going to say. And then that's so important for employees. You know, the leader stands in front of the employees, whether it's just one employee in a one-on-one or if it's a group of employees, and they're, you know, the employees are hanging on their every word. They're there paying attention. What are they going to say? What it, you know, how will it impact me? What difference will it make in my job today? So it's incredibly important that those choices are good. Hmm. Wow, uh, this this is amazing. Now, come to think of it, we all want to be in control of the narrative and be in control of our words. And imagine if, because I believe these principles can be applied anywhere, in the workplace, at home, in relationships, because this is where we lose it the most. But here's what I found to be strange. Um, it may be on the side, but it's still relevant. Some people are more tolerant at work, but they're not tolerant at home. What could be that? How how do words affect one's narrative or inner narrative? How how does words affect us at work or in the workplace and at home? Terry? Yes. Absolutely, it's in both places. And I, I, like, as I said in the book, I start, start internally. So you start internally and then start with your loved ones to practice better word choices and then in the workplace. But that's a perfect situation. It doesn't always work that way. So hmm. let's talk about specific words that, that limit and minimize. And maybe yes. when I'm at home, I'm more comfortable using these words, and then they bleed into my workspace. So when I routinely use the word but, so if if you were my partner and we were at home and you say anything and I say but, this and that, my opinion, you know, something else, then I'm truncating or I'm severing what it is that you wanted to share. 
I'm cutting you off with that butt, like, like scissors. Whereas if I listen to what you have to say, and then I say, and I have an opinion that is X, mm. and I'm, I'm now connecting my thought with yours, with the glue or with the tape, <laughs> instead of severing what you are offering and connecting and, you know, replacing it with what I'm offering. I'm getting your book. You must be sure of that. Now, how can a leader improve their employee engagement and therefore retainship? Retention. Absolutely. Brother. Well, I, I absolutely believe that a leader needs to ask very powerful questions. So, so often the leader wants to ask the questions leading with why. Why is that project late? Why did you do it this way? And this happens at home too. And when you lead with why, you imply that you're, you imply some sort of judgment. I'm judging when I say, well, why did you do it? Why did you make this choice? And, you know, why, why are we running so far behind on this? And that I'm implying my judgment. Whereas if I said, tell me, what was the biggest obstacle or what's currently standing in our way for completion? Then I'm much more engaged in the work that you're doing and the, the choices you're making and the possible obstacles that might be presenting themselves. So step one for leaders to be more engaged or to, to engage their teams better is to ask more powerful questions that begin with what, how, or tell me. And, and that gives a, a it, it peels back layers and gets to the heart of what's important to that employee and what they might possibly be struggling with. Hmm. It's what, how, and tell me. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Leaders should ask powerful questions. Let's see if this next question will be powerful enough. How does a leader deal with a not difficult employee, but that kind of an employee, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Terry? Yes, yes. I get that question all the time, and here's my first (laughs) thing to contemplate. Yes, everyone, the coaching clients I have want to talk about this week. Here's the very first thing that I say is, what makes it difficult? So when you think about the the degree of difficulty in a conversation, what and possibly who makes it difficult? Sometimes we all know that the actual leader might be causing the difficulty. The leader might have some preconceived notions or some limiting beliefs before they even get in the conversation. They're, they're literally dragging their foot to the conversation saying, oh, this person sucks the lifeblood out of me. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to this conversation. Well, my first question is, why is that? What has happened in the past that causes you to have this preconceived notion of this conversation being difficult. So sit with that first with yourself and and dispel the limiting beliefs you might be bringing to the conversation. And then when you get into the conversation, assume that it will all go swimmingly because you're going to ask powerful questions. And I would say lead with, What's most important to the individual? You might ask, what are you most proud of? Um, You know, what's a win that we can celebrate? I have some 
I have some information that I would like to share with you, but before we get started, let's talk about what's working well and find a way to settle the emotions of everybody before you jump into that conversation. And some employees are just simply negative. Mm. And not only that, but you find they have... uh, they they tend to be disrespectful, demeaning, and very entitled. You know, they feel like, well, I'm entitled to this, entitled to the benefits or whatever that may come with it. How does a leader deal with such? And I believe that will be another powerful question, Terry. Yes, it is. Again, I'm going to go back to my what question. So if you were that difficult person that was just always negative and always pushing my buttons, I would want to go deeper in each conversation with you. And I might ask you questions such as, what do you value? What solutions do you have? I hear you. I hear what you're saying about this challenge or this thing that's disrupting your ability to get the job done. I wonder what solutions might you have? You know, what is your intention in constantly bringing up only the negative? Tell me more about that so that I I'm think, about, think about the peeling back of the layers of what's at the heart of why this person is choosing the words and the, the discourse that they're choosing. You know what I love about what you're doing is the fact that you're giving us the exact words we should be using and the exact kind of questions we should be asking. Imagine what our relationships will look like with um, our spouses or partners. If only there were people who will guide the communication factor of any relationship, because as I say, this goes both ways in relationships in the workplace. I mean, just because people don't know how to say, what to say, and where to even start with relationships. And you make it so easy. Now, let's talk about clarity for a moment. Because clarity is the currency that drives an organization. Without clarity, that organization is doomed to fail. Because nobody will know what is expected of them or what they are supposed to do and how they should go about it. How can a leader provide consistent clarity to their teams. Terry? Well, step one is they need to remove a few words from their um, vocabulary. And so some of those words are probably or might or should. So often the leader says, well, we're probably going to be able to um, finish this project on time. Well, that's not very clear, or we're probably going to get this. <laughs> yes. Or we, we might get the supplies that we need, and so be more clear. And if you're unclear, maybe sometimes leaders will say to me, but I'm not certain. I'm actually not certain that we're going to meet that goal. Great. Then decide. You're the leader. You need to have some of the answers. So decide the degree of certainty. I'm 75% certain we will meet that goal instead of offering might or probably or anything that's wishy-washy and uncertain. The other word that I mentioned was should. Mm. When we say should, 
Well, that's a lack of clarity. When somebody says to me, we should do this or we should order more of this, well, why should we? And the should implies that because somebody else believes we should. And it's a lack of ownership when the leader chooses to use that those words, right? And so the leader abandoning should, I say, stifle the should. <laughs> Just hmm. go ahead and get rid of them and replace them with what you want to do or what you will do and be very certain and um, encouraging and very confident when you choose better words. If you could give us an example of that ownership, which words really demonstrate ownership? Terry? Mm-hmm. And, and so when I say that, you know, uh, we should move up the deadline for finishing this project implies that because somebody else believes we should. Instead, I would say, we have an opportunity to move up this deadline, or we will, or Mm. as a team, we want to move up this deadline. Not because we should, but because we want to, or we will, or we're capable of, or we think it's the best idea. So it it lends a different, um, there's a different lens that's more positive and assertive. And I guess we will manage also follows the same route. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest is Terry Short. We are talking employee engagement and retention. Look, if you have not shared this broadcast yet, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and share this broadcast right away. You want to ask powerful questions. You want to leave today's episodes armed. You want to leave this episode armed with the kind of questions you should be asking as a leader, as a business owner, as a founder. You want to leave this broadcast today with the exact words that are not supposed to be part of your vocabulary, that don't demonstrate any ownership at all. Be my guest and stick around right after this. MDN TV, the podcast. Be abreast with now. Never miss a thing with MDN TV, the podcast. We love to keep you in the present with diverse goodies from secular and non secular subjects of global interest. Join us. Grab more from these series. Listen to our podcasts. The undeniable choice. The undeniable choice, indeed. It's still Terry Shot. Terry, I, I'm simply amazed. Now, which words inspire and influence others? If you could take us through this, because I'm probably thinking leaders, business owners, or employees are even thinking, which are those words that inspire, that we can consistently use to influence each other in a positive way? Terry? Absolutely. It's my honor to share that with you. Yes. Let me start with a replacement word. So often leaders say, if, Mm. if we are able to do this or, you know, if the supplies come in, well, that's very limiting and minimizing. The simple solution is to replace it with when, when the supplies come in, right? When we meet our goals, it's much more inspiring and uplifting than to offer if, which is straight up uncertain. Mm. <laughs> and so that's a simple one, right? Very yes. Simple. Another one is, uh, you, I, this 
a simple one, but can't. When we speak in terms of can't, we are minimizing and limiting. And so switch that out and talk about what you can do. Don't don't fixate on what you can't do. That's that gets back to your employee that is um, you know always in a negative place. The job of a leader is to turn them around from fixating on what they can't do or they don't believe is possible to what they can do. And one more that hmm. I, is one of my favorites, and I'll see, I'd like to get your opinion on this. Yes. That's changing up, changing up what you have to, that you have to do. I have to get the kids after school. I have to do the laundry. Um, you know, we have to meet these goals. Uh, we have to follow this new regulation that the government has implemented. And instead saying that you get to. When you say you have to, you're implying it's a burden and it's actually not something that feels good to you. Whereas when you say you get to, you get to uphold this new regulation for the safety of the patients and healthcare or what have you, or you get to pick the children up. You know, we know that's a very limited uh, number of years <laughs> that that happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're the first to complain when it's all over and no one's getting to pick anybody up. Right, so, so thinking in terms of when you can change up the thought that you have to do something and changing it to what you get to do uh, and feeling gratitude. If I could chime in right there and without interrupting the flow, what if I say I am getting the children or I am doing the laundry, even if I have not even started, changing it from have to. The reason I'm asking is, does this still gel together with you get to, I get to, Terry? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're, you're reframing it to be positive and, and, and <laughs> yes. assertive. I am doing this. I yeah. I'm owning it. Yes. Even before I get to start, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm taking a bath. I have not even started, <laughs> if you know what I mean. That's right. That's right. You're making a choice. And so you're, and now I believe you're thinking, already speaking about that personal podcast. Yes. Right? So that internal narrative, you're, hmm. you're choosing to make that positive and assertive. I am going to do this. It's excellent. I love that. You, I want to tell you, we want to ship hundreds of your books to South Africa to give as gifts to a few people. And I, I hope that can be done. I'm saying it right. I'm saying it on air because I, I believe everyone needs to have or own this book. One, those we work with got to get this book into their hands and we cannot even just count on them on getting it. So you have my word on that. And uh, I believe we can come up with something to ship at least hundred physical copies. Do we have physical copies? We want that touch so that you can really familiarize yourself with it. I'm reading this book to change my life. I'm so honored. Yes. I'm honored to send you the books. And I do believe in the physical copy because I know so many people put little tabs and highlight things you know in the book we have we don't have time for this today but there's a page about how to speak to those who are grieving and the right word choices so more wow. on that page and when you have that need 
then you're open to that page. And look, I, I'm, I'm really touched by that because we are in a time where we have come from a very serious crisis and many people are dealing with grief. And what I've noticed is when it comes to, when it comes to widows and widowers, people don't know how to deal with them or communicate with them. Some feel that this widowship thing is contagious. So they are afraid to talk to them. They don't know what to say, what words to use. And you say in that book, because we've dealt with so many widows and what we've come across to be, uh, to be the greatest hurdle is communication, not knowing what to say. Absolutely. And that I'm sure that that bleeds into the workplace as well. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Well, shall I share a, a couple of them for you since we've gotten the listeners all, all uh, please into this? Go ahead. You, you're just blowing my mind. I mean. <laughs> well, I will tell you that um, the one I've already started, uh, I put the seed for this one statement when I said you can start questions with what, how, or tell me. Uh, I believe we would all be better served if more people would say, tell me more. So you're in a, you know, in a relationship and someone says something and you want to interrupt or you want to add your thought, forcing yourself to pause and say, tell me more. And so that's the, one of the first things when you're speaking to someone who's grieving as well, they start to tell you their story. Don't offer any solution or any any of your, you know, your own uh, experience. Pause and say, "Tell me more," and allow them to share and and release what they're holding in their heart. Another would be, "I grieve with you as nearly as I can." Mm. I'm with you at heart. Or I'm holding you close to my heart. Those are, are great um, words to use to simply allow the feeling in to the conversation. Wow, Whew, that's heavy. Let's talk about words that undermine. Words mm-hmm. that could undermine a team, individuals, partners, processes or even the organization itself, Terry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so these are more statements or phrases. So, and you've heard these before, I'm sure. Yeah. When someone, you, you, particularly when you start a new job and someone says, uh, well, that'll never work here. Wow. <laughs> right? Oh, that's not how we do things here. <laughs> that's right. Anything along those lines. Or we've tried that before. Um, and here's one of my least favorite that I... I hear this sometimes even with family members who I offer something and they say, you don't understand. Mm. Right? Maybe I don't. <laughs> I'm sharing with you what, you know, my belief or what's in my heart. And so when you're, particularly in the workplace, when someone's trying to, to grasp something, being told that they don't understand is not helpful. It's very minimizing. And so these are, I'm going to go a few more through the list. I said, we tried that before. Oh, we won't get support for that. So you're shutting down the idea right there. There's nothing we can do about it. And then anything along the lines of they said, meaning hmm. that there's a weak culture where it's very undermining to, 
to put ownership or even blame on other leaders, maybe higher up in the organization. Incredibly unhelpful. And if a leader hears any of these things, they should be, they should swoop right in and call out what's the value in sharing such a statement. What's the value or the intention behind that'll never work here. Hmm. And And then help the person saying it back up and state what they really intend. If they intend to be helpful, then be helpful because that isn't helpful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how we we say it here. Yeah. <laughs> you are dropping balls. Look, I tell women more especially that, look, you're in charge of the relationship. I believe that women set the tone of how things are or how things fare in their relationships, especially when it comes to Words. We can certainly use words that can stick you together like super glue. And most of the time I found that people don't want to pursue such words or find them out because you've got to search them out, especially understanding the kind of words that connect you with your loved one, your partner, your children, Words that you just don't play with, but words that come from the heart. Now, how can words deepen one's conversation in light of that with a loved one, a colleague, a friend, a subordinate? Terry? Yeah, it's thinking about those ones that you're you're self-minimizing too, right? When I when you started with um words that women choose here's one that honestly i think exclusively women choose i very rarely hear a man use this word just yeah yeah right Uh, women say i i'm just the executive assistant or i'm just the program manager and they're minimizing their themselves and what they're really thinking is i i bring great value and i i have a, a wonderful contribution on a daily basis but when you offer just you're minimizing that. So, so wow. eliminate it. I am the program manager. And oh, yeah. oh it is, right? Yes. Whew. And and to your point there about the, um, this, I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the skills that women might more innately have. <laughs> Please! <laughs> no. Then, then well, hold on. If if I can just Terry, if I can just disturb you there, please don't lose and don't miss your trail of thoughts. The the the, the most interesting thing is that uh, our audience is fifty two percent male and fifty percent. 55% male, actually, and then you already know the numbers of women, so <laughs> that's on the lighter well, note. Then I say to the men who are listening, <laughs> if you're hearing something that inspires you to change your word use, you could have a woman be a check and balance, uh, meaning ask, you know, what what difference do you see in my word choices? And and. You know, if you're, not if, but when you endeavor, see, I caught myself, it happens all the time. When you endeavor Mm. to make these better choices, collaborate with someone that can give you that feedback. 
maybe before you even change, decide which words you're going to um, change out. You know, I've offered quite a few in this in this podcast. Yes. Have some tell you the ones. Maybe you have a loved one tell you, these are the minimizing words that I often hear you use. Whew. How do we find out more about you? Or how can our listeners find out more about you? <laughs> I guess that would be the next question. Where do we get the book? All the details. Terry? Well, I, I think that I like your idea of sending a... Um, I don't can't do a one-off to South Africa, but I could send a... Uh, we could make it... We'll make a deal to get you a, a, a box of books or a couple boxes of books. But yes. I'm able to reach out to me. My email is... Terry, T-E-R-R-E, at thrivinglc.com. That stands for Thriving Leader Collaborative. And you can go to that website, thrivingleadercollaborative.com. Look. And we're on LinkedIn and Instagram. And we're, we provide um, every day, more or less every day, many days a week, let's say, we provide, um, you know, complimentary resources and centering thoughts and different uh, resources for anyone that follows on LinkedIn or Instagram. Wow. And to all those who may want that free book that we will be shipping all the way, just make sure you send uh, a, a, an email or something. Make us aware. All the links and the website will be in the description or are in the description. Ask for them if you are missing them. Just feel free and ask. Oh, Terry, we are right at the tail end. And uh, I'm just thinking, time flies when you are having fun. Because I'm absolutely enjoying myself. And I can tell you that uh, I'm changed. I mean, you have affirmed so many things after this broadcast. What will be your parting shots? to somebody listening, to a leader, to an employee, a founder. You know, some people don't even do well in business because they don't have the right words to consistently be speaking to their business. Terry? Well, I say that yours is the voice of humankind. And so let's all use our voices well. And that starts with choosing the right words. Yours is the voice of humankind. Not my words, but Terry Shot. Look, ask powerful questions. Remove words that are not suitable in your vocabulary, that are limiting, that are demeaning. Take them out. Now, if you're not sure, check the links on the description. There's more. And the book will also be available. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this brings us to the end of this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful broadcast podcast program but not the end to the conversation so the conversation continues on the websites continues on the personal podcast continues everywhere else even in your homes to all our listeners and our viewers around the world well done mdn talk radio the mic swings to you at MDN Talk Radio, the conversation is upbeat with life-enhancing chats moderated by personalities that matter. Exclusive conversations to keep our radio community interactive is with you now. 
Log on from the comfort of your couch or take us along in your palm as you go. Hear us. The undeniable choice.